Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiative podcast. My name is Ben Craven and today we're joined by our senior economist, Matt Burgess. Hi Matt. Hi Ben. Matt, uh, you're here today to talk about your latest research report called Pretense of Necessity, Why Further Climate Change Action Isn't Needed and Won't Help. 2022 is shaping up to be a real big year for all things climate change. The government's set to announce their emissions reduction plan later this year and has already flagged at least $4.5 billion of new spending on climate change initiatives. What's the big problem that they are looking to solve? Yeah, so it is a big year for climate change, an unprecedentedly big year, $4.5 billion on climate change. My gosh, is. um uh, that's got to be an order of magnitude more than any other uh, new spending on emissions ever. Um, so it's got to be a record. Uh, look, there's two problems here. Uh, the first is that, look, the report's called Pretense of Necessity because the government is pushing its vastly ambitious climate change programme uh, on the basis that further action is needed to deliver our emissions target. That statement is not true. Existing policies already have us on track to deliver uh, the commitments to reduce net emissions. And what that means is that further policies are optional but not necessary. The second, uh, let's be generous, call them mistruths. Uh, the second mistruth is that those policies that the government's about to introduce are going to help. They're not. The government has already capped emissions with reforms to the emissions trading scheme two years ago. Those reforms introduce a quantity cap on emissions. Uh, And that cap's going to act as a sinking lid on emissions that's going to fall in line with emissions target. And it's the cap that's going to determine the change in net emissions from most of the economy. Most people with a degree in economics and everybody up to and including the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change understands that if you have capped emissions with an emissions trading scheme, other policies under that cap can't reduce emissions any further or faster. So the government's about to spend $4.5 billion on emissions policies that will mostly have no way to have any effect on overall net emissions. We have an army of officials that have been working on these policies for years. You know, these policies, more EV subsidies, potentially a ban on new gas connections, potentially a ban on imports of coal. We don't know yet. We haven't seen the plan. These policies aren't going to cut single tonne of emissions uh, if they're already covered by the ETS. We're going to spend billions of dollars on policies that can't work. Uh, Surely an unprecedented public policy failure in this country's history. Well, let's have a bit of a background first on the ETS as a concept and how it kind of works. So the government passed legislation, what, two years ago was it, that set a hard cap on emissions you're saying that the best way to cut emissions is for the cap, for when the cap reduces and the least cost emission is basically basically falls off, right? Yeah, so once you've capped emissions, the cap determines emissions and the path down towards net zero will be decided by the cap. And it's a market. It, it's, a, it's a market. And if the cap decides emissions, everything else doesn't decide emissions, right? Yeah. Including policies that are subject to that cap. So here's how it works. Let's say the government introduces a new EV subsidy, which you know it's going to do um, in its upcoming uh, budget and emissions reduction plan. So let's say somebody, an additional person buys an EV uh, that gets them out of their big V8 ute or whatever, um, and their emissions come down and transport sector emissions come down. Great. Um, The problem is that that means the transport sector needs fewer emissions units. 
Um, and that means there are more emissions units available from a finite pool for somebody else to use. Yeah. So for every tonne of emissions, uh, once you've capped emissions, and if the cap determines overall emissions, um, then what that means is that every tonne of emissions you cut with your EV subsidy is one more tonne of emissions uh, somewhere else in the economy. So you, you just can't change uh, overall emissions. Now, the repost to this, the standard repost is, well, for every tonne of emissions you cut, you can reduce the cap. Well, sure, but you could just cut the cap without the connection to the policy. And the reason that's better is because if you just use the cap, you're going to cut each tonne of emissions at a far lower cost than what you do by using things like EV subsidies. Right now, the ETS will cut a tonne of emissions for about $70. An EV subsidy, um, the evidence from overseas suggests it's more in line with $1,000 a tonne, right? So all you're doing here, if you've already capped emissions, all you're doing with those other $4 billion of policies, you're just shifting where emissions come down. And by overriding the ETS, which selects for least cost reductions, all you're doing is shifting a given reduction in emissions from low-cost sources decided by the ETS to high-cost sources that are decided politically. Uh, we just pay more to get to net zero, and we pay a lot more. It's not like we're paying 5% more to get to net zero. We could pay 10 times more to get to net zero. And that could be the difference between 2% of GDP and 20% of GDP, uh, which isn't going to happen. So what the government's doing by spending this money, you know, it's a lose-lose, right? It, uh, we don't cut any more emissions. We just pay a lot more, and that puts emissions targets at risk. So this is, you know, we're poorer, and the environment could be worse off as a result. Brings me to a good point about uh, individual action. So, I mean, a lot of people are... Conscious consumers, they are, they're going out there, they want to spend in an environmentally friendly way or do their, do their bit for the climate. If they were to go and buy, trade in their gas guzzler car for an electric vehicle, for example, will that actually have any effect on emissions if it just frees up an emissions permit for somewhere else in the economy? Look, as the cap comes down and emissions have to come down with it, you know, people are going to do things like buy EVs or stop driving their car and bike to work. That's just that's that's how emissions come down. The ETS price will go up. That makes um, driving a petrol vehicle relatively more expensive. That encourages people to switch to alternatives, and emissions come down. So yes, when you buy your EV, in some sense, you are contributing to the overall reduction in emissions. But let's be clear: the argument here is that you know what do you achieve having capped emissions? What more are you achieving by then introducing other policies under that cap, like more EV subsidies? Um, yep, you'll get more people into EVs. And those people probably will feel good about themselves, but you're actually not cutting any more emissions because emissions are going to come down in line with the cap. Um, they would have anyway at the same rate without the extra policies. So the extra policies aren't cutting any more emissions. They aren't contributing any progress at all towards emissions targets. They're just changing where emissions come down. So um, the government hasn't been clear and doesn't may not even understand that that's all it's doing by spending uh, all this new money on policies, having already capped emissions. And of course, that destroys the case for those other policies. There's no point in um, spending those billions of dollars if they don't cut emissions, um, unless they're cutting emissions more cost-effectively than existing policies. Now, if there are any policies in, in there that do that, um, I'd be surprised. But by all means, you know, if they do, if the government can find, if it can find a way to cut emissions for $15 a tonne, go for it. But the reality is that, you know, uh, it's going to be spending $500 a tonne. And we know that because that's what the Climate Change Commission estimated in its advice to the government last year. So this isn't news in that officials have already provided the government with this sort of advice. They're just choosing not to act on it. Yeah, the advice to the government is very clear from the Climate Change Commission last year. 
Existing policies will get us to net zero with an ETS price of $50. That's less than the current price, which is above $70. So we're already on track based on the analysis done by the Climate Change Commission last year. The Climate Change Commission continues to say to Parliament select committees that we're not on track. Its own analysis shows that's not true. The recommended approach from the Climate Change Commission and the path that the government is now taking is to introduce policies that mean we'll be spending somewhere between $250 a tonne and more than $500 a tonne to reduce emissions by about the same amount. And, and let's be clear, carbon dioxide is a commodity. We're just paying more to achieve a given reductions in emissions. It's the same as paying 10 times too much for steel for construction. You know, guess what? going to get less buildings and smaller cities and we're going to pay a lot more for housing uh, within any policy that has us paying uh, too much for building materials. It's the same with CO2. A ton of CO2 is a ton of CO2. You know, paying $500 to cut emissions instead of 50 just means you're poorer and there's a higher chance we don't get to net zero. Right, yeah, it seems like a weird thing to have come up with a fantastic system uh, that's all based around price signals only then to try and throw it out by having officials and politicians decide where emissions should be cut. Look, this, this is a, four, this, right now, this, just this year alone, this is a $4 billion question, right? The government, my contention is that the government is about to spend $4 billion to cut zero tonnes of emissions. Historic public policy failure. Now, maybe James Shaw thinks I'm wrong. Well, if he does, he should prove it. You know, here's the extraordinary thing. The government has never formally explained how its climate change strategy cuts emissions. We don't know what its theory is for how you can cap emissions and then cut more emissions by introducing policies underneath that. The government has never written a document that actually goes through the maths and explains how that works. I'm at the point, I've thought about this problem enough and I've seen enough statements from ministers and other um, academics to be certain at this point that there is no theory, general theory, uh, for how you can cut more emissions with policies when you've already got a cap. So the government... uh, we're in this position of about to sink a lot of money on policies that can't work precisely because the whole process, years of policy work, has lacked any foundation or rigour that establishes, puts out a theory and proves to a reasonable degree of confidence a theory for how you can cut emissions when you've already got a cap. Um, that's one step short of a logical impossibility. Mm. And it's almost true to say that the government's uh, upcoming budget has to defy arithmetic in order to deliver on the promised reductions in emissions and to deliver for future generations. As far as I can tell, I don't think there's any way around the fact that the government's about to put $4 billion of extra debt onto our children and our children's children to cut zero tonnes of emissions, and I don't think they're going to thank us for that. Right, let's be clear, this $4.5 billion, that represents about $2,000 per household. It's not, not small change at all. And that's just for this one budget? Just for this one budget, just for this one, this one year? Just for this one year. That's incredible. Much, much more additional spending on climate change in this budget than for health and education combined. Right, so if the government is spending all this money, um, you contend that they just will not be able to cut emissions because these uh, these policies will be underneath the cap already. Is there a risk, a very real political risk, that voters say, look, this climate change stuff is just too expensive, it's a waste of money, let's just throw it all out? Yeah, there is. And I think the reason that the government, look, I, you know, you know, I think ministers, I'm prepared to take them at their word that they are worried about emissions and they want to, they're worried about climate change, they want to bring down emissions. But I think the issue is that they're not, they don't understand how steep the trade-off is. You know, 
when you have policy, when you have subsidies, EV subsidies, when you try to target emissions reduction at transport, very high cost place to cut emissions. They don't know, they just aren't getting advice that makes clear how much, how many fewer tons of emissions you cut per dollar um, with that approach. The government should be understand that the right strategy is to not target sectors and to not target technologies because that's how to get best bang for buck once you've got a cap in place and a sinking lid. They're not getting that advice and I'm pretty sure they're not getting advice that makes clear that if you do target transport, you're going to spend 100 times more, maybe, um, I haven't seen the advice, they're not getting advice that says you might be paying 100 times more per tonne of emissions than you otherwise would and that puts targets at risk. Um, I'm not sure anybody in the bureaucracy actually understands that basic point cost-effectiveness just seems sort of to be a nice to have when in fact you know for an ambitious target like net zero it's the difference between success or failure we will fail if we have to spend a thousand dollars a ton we, we will literally run out of money literally before we um, get anywhere near net, net zero so you know um, not trying to cut get to net zero at fifty dollars a ton uh, will be um, the thing that decides whether we fail or succeed Incredible. All right, let's let's have a look at your media statement here. You say the report foreshadows the government's emissions reduction plan set to be announced later this year. It will be an array of levies, subsidies, regulations and hard bans. The government will say these are urgently required and necessary to combat climate change. What can we expect to see? This is the key point. New Zealanders need to understand that the government is asking for sacrifices and presenting them as necessary to reach our targets when that's not true. Uh, the government doesn't have to add thousands of dollars to the cost of a new or second-hand imported car, which it's going to do from the start of next month with its fee-bate policy. The government, If the government didn't do that policy and we didn't pay more for cars, we can be as certain uh, as we are today that we will get to net zero. The government isn't clear on that point. I'm not sure the government even understands that point. But it is a log- It just follows from the fact that Parliament has rec- has committed to reduce net emissions. Net emissions allows for offsets. Offsets are affordable and available in limited quantities, and that's insurance. You know, why are we sure that the All Blacks are going to start with fifteen players in the, in the next test? It's not because we're certain there will be no injuries. It's because they've got forty player a squad of thirty or forty players that they can pick from, so that if somebody gets injured, there's somebody else. Well, it's the same with offsets. They're there if we need them, and they're there in unlimited quantities, and that's why we can be certain that we get to net zero. And that means that, you know, it's not necessary to demand huge sacrifices. Uh, you know, you don't have to spend $2,000 per household in just this budget uh, to get to net zero. You could not spend that money and be as confident of getting there. And so that puts the burden of proof on the government to show why that $2,000 is money well spent. Well, guess what? I don't think it is. You know, actually, there are other policies the government can do. Um, they won't cut, we've already capped emissions, so these other policies aren't going to ca- uh, cut emissions any faster either. But they can save money by allowing those emissions to come down more affordably. So I'm thinking of policies that, for example, cut the red tape on building a new wind farm. The RMA uh, means it takes years to get consent to build wind farms usually. You know, getting planning reform that allows uh, wind farms to compete with other land uses on a level playing field you know, means we could get to net zero sooner and more cost effectively. Well, why don't we look at that policy? Um, there's dozens of other opportunities to get out of the way to allow the ETS to work better. We should also be monitoring the ETS. We should be making sure it's working. The most recent data we have on national net emissions comes uh, from 2019. That's when the ETS price, that's a time when the ETS was below $20. Uh, it's too long, right? Well, now it's, now it's above now. $70. Yeah. Um, we need to know how we're tracking. Uh, and I think 
I suspect that uh, $70 ETS is probably having quite a bit of Im- impact uh, on emissions, but we don't know. Uh, the government really shouldn't be rolling out billions of dollars of new policies um, without a good understanding of what existing policies are doing. But that's what it's doing. It's flying blind. Um, and there's one other issue. Look, the ETS um, isn't perfect. It does have distributional consequences that aren't necessarily good. Uh, and it's probably going to plant a lot of trees. So there is a role for other policies to come in and deal with equity, deal with, um, put a limit on trees, don't ban them, but put a limit on trees mm-hmm. um, so that communities or the government, you know, doesn't have to worry about, you know, too much of the uh, farm conversions and so on. So there are other things that you can do besides ETS, but, you know, EV subsidies, et cetera, you know. It's not a good way to spend money, right? No, thanks. Complete, pure waste, pure waste. Zero additional tonnes, uh, further reduced emissions. We just pay more to achieve a given reduction. What a terrible deal. Matt Burgess, thanks so much for joining us uh, and talking about your latest report, Pretense of Necessity. Listeners can find Pretense of Necessity on the New Zealand Initiative website. That's nzinitiative.org.nz. Matt, thanks again. Thanks, Ben. Stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events. Sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.